This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Oh shit! It's Vince Russo! Vince McMahon's best kept secret. I am the anti-Christ of professional wrestling. David Arquette won the world title. I've got a wife, three kids at home, and I really don't need this shit. How can this show be so awful, Mr. McMahon? I didn't think it was. My anger on a pole match. And Hogan, you big bald son of a bitch, kiss my ass. Judy Bagwell on a forklift match. Now you're the editor, right? Yes, I am. Mankind did it! Chappy Chappy! Beep beep! Goldberg steered Russo out of the cage! I'm from New York. I'll get down right nasty. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to Lions, Tigers, Bears, and Head. I am Vince Russo. This is Jerry Lane. And this is the great, iconic... Future WWE Hall of Famer, <laughs> Al Snow. Now, Al, why wouldn't you be in the? Give me a case for why wouldn't you be in the WWE Hall of Fame? Why wouldn't I be? Give me a case for that. Just, I don't find it very likely. I just don't see them perceiving me as having a Hall of Fame career. Let you me know? ask you a question: When yeah. your name comes up. I don't know if it does. <laughs> it does. And Trips is in the room and Bruce is in the room and Vince is in the hospital bed via Zoom. Yeah. And and they're voting and, and to, what 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 is what are the cons of putting Al Snow in the WWE Hall of Fame? Uh I don't think there are any cons to it, you know. I'm sure that there are some fans or whatever out there that would believe that, you know, they they would uh poo-poo it or, you know, be like, why would he deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Uh, you know, and, and like they do every year, there's that debate on the people that they put in there. So, um, but it would really surprise me. It would really shock me. if they were. Let me ask you something out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Knowing the business the way you do. Yes. And bro, let, let's, 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 let's freaking face it. Like this is the hall of fame is all about more or less Vince. Oh yeah, acknowledging you as being somebody, right? I mean, let let let's be honest. That that's what it is. There isn't a committee voting. The fans no. aren't voting. The sports writers aren't voting. It's one guy voting, right? Yeah. With with all that being said, you know, you know, you know, Vince is giving you the all time vindication of, oh yeah, you you're worthy. No. Oh, oh okay, bro. What, I, I hate to say this, bro, but I still think it would mean a lot to you. Well, yeah, I'm not saying it wouldn't. I, you know, of course. I think that anyone that would tell you otherwise would be lying both to themselves and to you or everyone else. I'm not going to be a hypocrite and say that it wouldn't mean something to me. Of course it would. Be. It would be a massive compliment. I just think that... Uh, you know, and we've talked about the mistakes that I made and, and, you know, the experience that I now understand those mistakes that I made while I was there. And I would have had, if if I had not made those mistakes, you know, then maybe I would have had a type of career within WWF or WWE that would have, you know, then maybe I could 
make a case for being made, put in the Hall of Fame. But yeah, maybe you can make a case like you know Drew Carey made a case. You know, I mean, <laughs> you, you, you know, come come on, Al, will you stop it, bro? Please, Dr. Drew that, Carey and guys like that, bro. You know which one? You know what is really the uh-huh. biggest joke to me? You know, like under the radar. Yeah, the the one guy now now, bro. There are a lot of greats not in the. I mean, bro, come oh, on. Yeah. When Ivan Koloff isn't in the Hall of Fame and oh, demolition, you know. demolition Bundy, Bundy. like that, that, that's why to me it's a joke. But bro, the one guy to me that's like, are, like, are we really gonna base this on a fictitious one loss record? Is yeah. that what we're basing this on, bro? How is I don't Steve, know what they're basing on? I don't really know. Right. I mean, how is Steve Lombardi not in the Hall of Fame because of his one loss record, bro? Yeah. He and he and Bruno, you know. I, yeah, I, man, come on, bro. They, they played very much a factor in a role for years, decades. That's what I, that's what I'm talking about. Like, give me a freaking break. You know what I mean? Yeah, Arnold Scullin. I don't think Arnold Scullin's in in the Hall of Fame. Is he? He's got to be in the Hall of Fame, Arnie. I don't think he is. I don't think so. Oh my God! You know, I mean, that's that's you know, and and let's face it, the Hall of Fame. Remember when we. Remember when we first did the, the Hall of Fame? We, the night we they inducted Jimmy Snuka, and it, we were at a dinner, and it was in a you know a hotel, uh, you know, convention hall or whatever, uh, and we were all taking bets on uh, Snuka's uh, speech. <laughs> it, it, it delivered. It did not. You couldn't understand. He went off the deep end. He was like, "Ah, oh, brother, I yeah. just started talking nonsense," and we were all like, "Oh, this is great." Yeah, uh, but. Think about this from where it was, right? Where they just, they did it and it was, you know, just a small uh, room in the uh, hotel. And that wasn't that long ago. Uh, And then it evolved into where now they're selling out arenas for attendance to the uh, Hall of Fame. And they have to take into considerations of what they think, you know, in, in regards to some of these people that are going to draw an audience. It's more about that than and making it an event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, you know, about necessarily honoring or putting people in a prestigious Hall of Fame. Yeah, no, I agree 1,000%. You know. All right, Jeff, we got videos. Yeah, first I just want to say I had mentioned last week that I was going to do some uh, stuff with WrestleQuest, a video game that Al's in this week. Uh, the game has been delayed to August 22nd, which helps me because I had a really – rough weekend i didn't get to play the game like i wanted to and put something together for the show so next week i'm going to put something together of wrestle quest and uh, we'll discuss that a little bit al i think that'll be cool okay yeah you didn't get to play the game you just had to play with yourself instead right? yeah, yeah, yeah the rough yeah. weekend was ali finally had to wash that hat oh you know, bro because yeah I, like i how many times do i have to tell you I guys know. i have like three of these hats there's another one back there too oh my gosh hey charlie brown with the same shirt you know charlie charlie brown's <laughs> got to have just more than one of that black and yellow gimmick would you not agree al otherwise he stinks oh he's like pig pen al do you know there there's this uh there's this um woman in the business uh really nice i think i interviewed her once how do you pronounce her name jeff alicia al tout how do you pronounce her name alicia too Alisa, Alicia, Atu, you might have known, you might have crossed paths with her, but sure. she's kind of like a freelancer in wrestling, but she's done, you know, backstage interviews for a lot of the, you know, companies. Right. Bro, she was at an a- AEW event and it was so bad that she literally had to tweet out. Uh-huh. The smell in this arena is, 
overbearing. Like she's putrid. I think she said the putrid. BO in this arena is putrid. Can you imagine how like she oh. literally she couldn't she yeah. couldn't help herself? I can. Yeah. If you've ever been to any kind of conventions where there's a map, oh yeah, thing, man. Bro, I think the deodorant companies need to quit the false advertising. Oh. Seventy two hours on there, it's clearly a lie. Bro, you know what gives me the heebie bro, you know what gives me the heebie jeebies? And I don't know how they do it. I don't care how much money they make when when you know the black shirts when when the when the women are at the conventions. And then the black shirts are putting their arm around velvet for the picture. And I'm like, I don't I don't care how much money you're getting for that picture. All the money in the world isn't worth it. bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you get that that scent. That's oh, God. Moldy hamburger. Oh, <laughs> all right, Jeff, let's get to that. I got to add this, Jeff. Yeah, so this first video is this from oh, Al? Is this from Al's personal library? Yeah, this is from Al, also sent in by Urkan, Matthew Ortiz, and Ivan Batista. This was one that you, got cut for time last week, so I've yeah, saved it for this you week. I think you saw everything, like as far as carelessness, irresponsibility, and in just off the charts, increasing the potential risk of injury. Watch this. Yeah, and they and they they slow mode it here too. Yeah. Oh! Why? Why? What in the world? Where are we going? I mean, oh. I every week. When is it enough? Do you know what I mean? Look at that. That is what is born out of this trend of let's convince the audience of what we do, not why we do it. Jeff, throw that up there one more time because I want to be the devil's advocate. No, there is no devil's advocate. Yeah, there is. Okay, well, freeze it right there. They are playing in front of a full house of plants. <laughs> I, I mean, let, let, let's be honest, Al. That you know the pan, the plants paid good money to be at this event, Al. Come on. Now hold on, because you and, and you're being funny, but it, it it that that reasoning, that mindset, okay, of of. You know, uh, you'll hear people on the uh, internet. They'll they'll see one of these videos and go, "Well, I hope he enjoyed his hot dog and his handshake for that." You know, and listen, I don't care if you're working in WrestleMania. Like somehow you can, based off of the size of the audience, justify this. Uh, oh, if there were enough people there and I got paid enough money, well, yeah, I'd be willing to risk possible paralyzation. Okay. But since there's not enough people and I'm probably only get a hot dog and a handshake, well, you know, it's stupid of me to do it. But it's not stupid of me to do it if I'm going to get paid $1,000 or more because I'm going to still risk potential paralyzation because this guy that's doing it clearly is not looking out for my best interests and, and you know, could physically injure me tragically. But, you know... Because I got paid more, there were more people in the audience. That's ah, worth it. It's 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 no, it's not. No, it's not. It's not worth it. No. And, and let me tell everyone out there, because you clearly have no idea how this business, the entertainment business, works. The reason a lot of these people are getting paid a hot dog and a handshake, and hey, listen, I was one of them when I first broke into business, was because I didn't draw an audience to watch me. Mine, I was plus one other match additional uh, bouts, other amazing all-stars. My name wasn't on the poster. So therefore, however many people showed up at that building, I had nothing to do with. I was just lucky to be on the show. 
And then if the house wasn't big enough or strong enough to where every one of us got a piece of the pie, I got left out. Why? Because I was not a factor in how many people showed up to watch the show. I got a hot dog and a handshake. If you want more than a hot dog and a handshake, why don't you stop doing stupid shit like this and actually make yourself an attraction where people want to pay to see you and enjoy and be entertained? As opposed to, I want to impress the boys in the back with a move that only they really can understand and, and care about because they understand what the risk was that you just took. The fans don't know other than the fact that it looked ugly and it looked like somebody could potentially really severely get hurt. Mm. That's it. And the real sad thing is, because we're not watching the rest of this video, those two probably got back in the ring and continued to do more stuff, including the guy that nearly got broken, had his back broken, and acted like it never even occurred. You know? Yeah. yeah. But, oh, we, we, you know, we could do it if we got more for, than a hot dog and a handshake. Well, that, you're just as dumb. I yeah, mean, I agree. I agree. Um, there's no justification for it. All right, what's next, Jeff? Uh, another one sent in by Al. I'm on fire this week. <laughs> so this guy smokes weed, I guess, during the matches. That's yeah. his gimmick. Yes, this was uh, something I had, you know, and does look at how it was so nice that they all conveniently stood there and grasped on. Yeah, look. Yeah, and I mean, wasn't, it wasn't the weed that I was talking about. Yeah, even though he smokes weed the entire match because he lights up and then does moves. But look how long it takes. Oh, my God, man. And they just stand there gathered together, and, like, no one in the audience is supposed to notice this. And then they slow-mo, like, his dive, like, you know, that's so cool. I didn't do that. That was in the video. But, you you know, but (laughs) people notice what you know. Man, I got to tell you, it's not – it's not just um, this level. Al, I happen to catch the last three matches at um, SummerSlam. Well, I watched them. I watched them. Oh, Al, that you, you've got. And, bro, I am. A, I, I, can I, about, I, we can talk about SummerSlam here in a minute. I okay, can, yeah, I just want to talk about the one thing, bro. Like, listen, I, I really am a fan of Charlotte because, you know, bro, I worked with her when she was a freaking teenager. Right, yeah. But that three-way out was so choreographed. You don't have to be a wrestling fan to see that. Bro, right. when you're waiting in place, bro, there was the one spot where she had the two girls stacked in the corner and, like, her bra strap became un- – and she had to have the ref fix it. While the ref's fixing her, they're, they're – Jeff, they're, they're literally staying in the corner for – 30 seconds they don't even know we oh my god listen bro because her 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 bra strap we got to improvise we got to do something i mean back to it you know what i mean yeah i can't believe at that level these matches look so blatantly choreographed overproduced overproduced and i mean we're gonna get on this topic i mean let's think about this okay what's your main event your main event is a uh, tribal rules match, right? Right. Okay. Then what's it, it, you know this match? It's anything goes. It's going to go on the floor. What should you be telling everyone else? Stay off the floor. What did everyone do? Get on the floor. Not on the floor. So that now, when we get to that match, they've got to go even crazier. Right. Yeah. We throughout the whole show, we've seen people get on the floor from match one on. Yep. Right. Well, now it doesn't mean anything to just get on the floor. So now we've got to go even crazier. Well, then on top of that, right, 
tell me I'm wrong. That match like you're talking about there. Okay. When, when did this trend start that we have to overload the back end of the match with just one thing after another? Oh, God. Yeah. You go, go, go back one more match to Finn Balor and, Finn Balor and Rollins. And I'm, I'm watching this. I'm saying, bro, nothing can beat anybody anymore. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing, nothing can beat anybody. And it takes, it's so overdone. That that it's just it's un, it, it's not even close to being even realistic in the world of wrestling. No way, bro. No oh, way. No yeah. one can look weak. No one can sell. The minute they lose, they're back up again, like in standing there. Well, now there's no way you can have sympathy for anyone. You know what I mean? And 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 all of that could have been pared down so much more and been so much more effective. The end of the night. Right? Why is it that Jay Uso or, or his brother kicks him? Jimmy super kicks him. Where's the heat supposed to be? On Jimmy, right? Super kicks him, throws him in the ring. Why didn't Roman Reigns just cover him and be done and the heat be there? No, you had to spear him through the table. Why? Then you, if you could, you could spear him through the table. So it's 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 a show day, Jeff. It's show day. They call him. He tells them every, Jeff. He tells them every time it's show day, but they still call him on show day. Go ahead, Al. And hey, listen, uh, it's been a while since this happened, so it's pretty. Al, remember remember the girls' match, Jeff. The girls' match, right towards the end of the match, um, uh, Bianca Belair hits this perfect four twenty. Yeah. And that wasn't the end of the match, Al. And five minutes later, Bianca Belair goes over in a much less effective finish. I know. I, I, and I'm like, wait a minute, bro. That 420 splash, the fans pop. That should have been it. The same person is going over. Anyway. What the frick, bro? It's, I mean, it, they overloaded. I mean, it just... You know, and and, and 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 it's just gotten out of hand. I mean, it really has gotten dramatically out of hand. Yeah, man. I mean, it's, 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 nobody sells no, at all. No, no. And then what I mean by sell is sell who you are and the why you do it, and they don't. No. All right, what's this, Jeff? Is this Al's library or is this new to Al? Yeah, Al, Al sent this one. <laughs> 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 Al, Al, Al loves this. I love that. Al loves this. Uh oh, what are we doing here? Oh, yes. Uh, yes. You, you would think, you would think, Al, the human body. Is- I sent it because I want you to watch that again, and I want to want you to see what happened. Al, you would think that the human body is made out of rubber. Watching this shit, right? This guy is. Watch. Oh my god! And he kicks out. He kicks out. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think you said in the tweet or whatever you had sent me out, like, why do it at all? Why do it all? Right, right. If it's not going to beat him, you're not going to like that. Couldn't beat the guy. What are we going to do next week? Is next week when we wrestle? Am I going to smuggle a piece of kryptonite from my ass and use it? (laughs) Because clearly, this guy's like Superman. You know what I mean? He's, he's indestructible. I mean, it, it, that's what they're teaching. They're either Tony Atlas said it best. Okay, uh, he tells a story of when he first broke in the business, and he came in for Ole Anderson, right? 
and I'll make this as brief as possible so that you can understand the, what the real psychology is. Okay. So Tony looks like Tony used, you know, looked, you know, looked amazing, right? Big, you know, huge arms, massive chest, you know, just ripped, uh, the epitome of Jack, right? Comes in and looks like a million bucks. And Ole says, I want you to just go out, cut a promo, uh, at intermission, your shirt off, all greased up. Um, tell everybody, Hey, come back next week. I'm going to try to bench press 500 pounds, which he could. He could. He was that strong, right? Place is sold out the next week. They've got the bench sitting by the door. Why? To make the bench real. Why do you make the bench real and the weight real? Because if you make the bench weight real and the weight real, you make the person who bench presses it real. If you make him real, what have you just done for everyone else on the show? You've made it all real, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So now you sit it by the front door. People touch it, try to lift it, can't move it. Oh, my God. Now they put it in the ring at intermission. He brings in, the, you know, they bring in the weights. The guys are really selling it, put it all on. He's in the back, like, warming up at 400. You know, that's how strong this guy was, right? Gets in the ring, gets under the bar, and, you know, does his little speech, does his little promo. The people go hush. And he takes the bar off, and he slowly lowers it, and then waits, and then waits. This is how strong Tony Atlas was. Mm. Waiting, and then slowly pushes it up, locks it out, place explodes. Hey, come back about my first match next week. Place sold out again. He's done what? And now he's the most realist guy there, and the place is sold out because of it. And he's not, he's not even wrestled a match. Yeah. He wrestles a match the next week. Oh, he puts him in the ring with a guy physically half his size. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, half his weight has a hell of a match. Goes about 12 minutes, comes to the back and always standing there. And he goes, well, thank you. And he goes, well, no, no, thank you. He goes, no, no, really. Thank you for fucking killing the business. He goes, what are you talking about? He goes, last week you bench pressed 500 pounds. This week it took you 12 minutes to beat this guy that was half your size. 12 minutes. Yeah. Not to mention you stuck him in the in the corner and you punched him 10 times in the head. You didn't mark him. You didn't make him bleed and you didn't knock him out. Then you had to pull him out of the corner, stick him up over your head and slam him to mat to beat him. So either it's one of three things. Either that guy that's half your size is the toughest human being I've ever seen, or you are the biggest pussy I've ever seen, or it's all fake. Which is it? Yeah, yeah. By doing too much and trying to have a great match, he ended up burying himself and killing himself off. Al, I got to ask you this. I got to ask you this question, man, because when I was helping, you know, Yaden out here at, um, you know, Rocky Mountain Pro, I was always like, this is the one thing that like, I, I don't know what you say. Okay, bro, let's face it. Let's face it. The the students that you're bringing in to, um, you know, OVW and the new the new kids that are joining the business. Okay. Al, they're watching this shit on TV. So in their mind, they're saying, oh, if we do that, we'll be in the WWE. So now, Al, they come to you. 
You give them your wisdom, which you're giving us now, which is 1,000% correct. But how do you combat, yeah, bro, they are doing that on the highest level and they're in the main event at the WWE. Like, I don't understand how somebody like you can overcome that. Like, it's difficult. And what I tell them is, is that here... I'm going to teach you the skills that when you get there and have to adapt to that, you'll still stand out because you'll be the one person who knows really how to and when to do it and why. And and a, to learn to work, the real meaning of a work, to learn to work a wrestling match means that you learn how to work, period. Okay. That means that you are able to always convince people of what's the one thing that's not true. And and if you're the one guy in that locker room that's really the one guy that understands the concept and the precept of the business, even in spite of doing it in a style that they're apparently wanting to do, if you're the one guy that then kind of breaks the mold and does it just subtly at mo- per- at the right moments to really get even a bigger reaction, you're going to stand out. Yeah. I don't know how to do that be- because a lot of the other people have either, one, not been taught, or two, have completely distanced themselves and lost touch with it, and therefore they're not going to be able to compete with you. you know. But as yeah. far as in OVW, we're going to, you know, we're not perfect, but we're going to work a wrestling match here. We're going to tell a story. We're going to sell who you are, and we're going to sell the finish. That's what we're going to sell. Yeah. And we're, we're going to do it in a manner that allows an audience the easiest route to believe in it. Simple as that. Yeah. We're, you know, we don't need to overdo it to where, you know, I, you know, the audience is now taught that basically next week, when you come out to wrestle your opponent, you're going to have to bring a 22 caliber pistol and shoot him just to have a chance of winning. Because yes. last week, you you hit him with every big move you had. You hit him with your finish, and you you know you're like Jake Roberts. You DDT'd him, but it took four DDTs to pin him. Well, you know, and here's where the real okay. Here's where the real issue comes, and I'm surprised, like. A lot of the, and I know that's why it's become like this. Is it literally started with, hey, let's have so and so beat so and so with his finish, but because the other guy, it's probably, it was probably, I'm not saying I know for sure, but it probably started with a guy like Brock Lesnar, where the agents or whatever, like, we really want to make Brock look strong. You should probably hit him with his finish. And then, he, you know, and he, he doesn't just hit him with one. He hit him with two, hits him with three, hits him with four, and then he beats him. Which, for a guy like Brock, makes sense because Brock physically is bigger than most of the roster nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. Now somebody in the back is watching that and goes, bro, he just took four of those to beat. Well, I ain't getting beat by one. Uh, he wants to beat me with that finish. He's going to have to use four of them to beat me because I ain't get, I ain't going to take a step back. Now it starts spreading through the locker room and they all like, well, so-and-so, you know, I ain't, bro, I'm not going down on one shot. Oh, no, no. No, if they want me to put that guy over or put that girl over, you're going to have to, you're going to have to now do the same thing. And rightfully so. You know what I mean? 
you're the yeah. one person on the card that all it takes is one bump to beat and it takes everybody else five to ten, well then you're you're not gonna get over. I mean it's simple as that. The only problem is now nobody else is either. Yeah. Because there's no one person who just with one move can put yeah. them out. And yeah. let's face facts. The only reason that we develop an actual finish, a finish hold or a finish maneuver is really so that you now always universally have a gimmick in the match that you can be looking like you're attempting to utilize to win and thus telling a story. You know what I mean? And that's the only reason anyone psychologically ever did that was because it was a, a way that you could just like if you're watching boxing, okay, Mike Tyson, nine times out of ten, how did he win his fights? He would give a shot to the body, a cross to the body, bend the guy over. He would uppercut him to stand him up, hit him with another cross, and knock him out. That bell rings. What was the first thing you'd see Mike Tyson cross that ring and try to do? Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Didn't matter. And throughout the whole fight, what was he looking for an opening to do? Wham, bam, bam. Simple as that. Yeah. So if you had a finish, let's say it's the DDT, or let's say it's like Ric Flair and it's it's the figure four, bell rings, first thing you're going to try and do, no matter what you're doing upstairs, as far as head locks, arm bars, waist locks, you're always doing it to try to get the guy down on that single after his leg. And now throughout the match, you get closer and closer to getting his leg, and then finally you're able to get it, and you put him in the figure four. Yeah. And historically, because a lot of people don't know this or realize it, Heels always had submission finishes, and babyfaces, nine times out of ten, had bump finishes. And the reason why was because a babyface could bump a heel no matter what the size difference was or no matter what point in the match it was, could hit the finish, go back, cover them one, two, three, and go back to selling and still getting their sympathy. Yeah. If you were a heel and you had a submission finish, then you could put the submission on, then there was no way that you could not put a babyface in more jeopardy of losing than putting them in your finish. And yeah. thus, getting that babyface over <clears throat> by the simple fact that he was the one guy that either escaped it or didn't give up, you know? Yeah. Now, that's out the window. Now it's just a cool-looking video game-esque yeah. type move that clearly a lot of them can't even be done without the full cooperation of your opponent. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> It takes anywhere from five to fifteen of them in a row to beat somebody. Yep. Now you've just made them useless. I mean, yep. they're 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 just another move in the match. Yep. All right, we got more, Jeff. Yeah. This one sent in by Al. Except for that stop to the back. <laughs> no, no. no, no, no. Oh yes. Man. Yeah, bro, I gotta. If you people are just listening to this show oh. and not watching it, you've got to watch these clips, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Show and that look, again, Jeff. That chick didn't need her collarbone. I mean, what are you going to use the collarbone for, anyways? Oh, oh my god! So, so people that are and are not watching, right? One of the girls. It's another oh. one of these great deathmatch shows. Uh, there's a, there are two chairs in the ring. And uh, they're sitting on their four legs. She picks the girl up like a power bomb, swings her over the, her back, over her shoulder. Then, like an Alabama slam, but without the feet, she's got her around the waist. Slams her back down on the top of the back of the chair. So her, there's no way to not take this bump and, and 
You know? well, well, Al, it's not only that. What was she trying to do? Because what what she was trying for the girl's head to hit the flat part of the chair? No, I think she was trying. Well, that or maybe or maybe she was trying to make it look like which happened, which is that the girl's throat hit the top of the chair of the rim of the top of the chair. Oh, my God. Yeah. I wish we could watch the rest of it because I guarantee you that bitch kicked out. I'm telling you right now. I bet you that there was a cover and then the girl kicked out. I bet you. I, I, I would be shocked if that were not the case. All right. This one was sent in by Darren Ellington. is that XP oh, wait a minute is that nails or some shit I think it's those those wooden things that Moxley was sticking yeah, in Moxley his head yeah those type with. of things they're connected to this table oh, no. you know like look out and that's a girl oh cannonball oh look at all those things does she have oh they're stuck in her arm I was looking at, back that up, Jeff, because what I was looking at was, was she at least covering her eyes? She moved her head out of the way. Yeah, she moved her head out of the way, but I don't know. um, Like, you can see, you know, she kind of adjusts it and moves her head. Okay, well, yeah, so she kind of got them out of the way to at least not go in her head or her face or her eyes. Cannonball! God, yeah, but uh, yeah, this is that XPW where they had the needle in the guy's dick. The guy set himself on fire, and could, nobody could put him set his face on fire. This is the bro. The she literally is trying to pull the shit out of her. Oh, it, it gets her opponent, her opponent who just did it is now trying to pull the things out of her opponent that she just put him in. Watch this. Oh, come on, Jeff. Jeff, come no, on. No. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Watch how the referee gets this out of her arm. Look how deep that's in there. Oh, my God. Oh, I, I was going to say with his teeth. I was pulled it out. Oh, my God. Did you see how deep that was in, too? Yeah. yeah. So if you guys are on audio, he's pulling Holy this wooden shit. thing out of her arm. The referee is yeah. with his teeth. Look how deep yeah. that was oh in. And I'm sure that they've all been blood tested in oh. they did this. Yeah. Holy shit! That 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 may be the most severe thing I've I've ever seen to date. The art used to be okay. It used to be we went out and we tried to convince the audience of you know our intent and convince them that when we physically did something to our opponent, we were trying to convince the audience. Now it's almost like we're trying to convince each other and the audience is sitting there in disbelief. Like there's no way any of this could be possibly true. And the sad thing is now they actually are physically doing it for real to each other. And the audience believes it's even faker than it ever was before. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. You're right Al, because I'm looking at that last thing with the teeth and I'm saying this has got to be fake. Right. There's no way it could be real. Nobody yeah. would willingly go sit in the back and yeah. barely go, yeah, drive those wooden stakes in me to the point where the referee's got to grab it with his teeth and pull it out. It's in that deep. Do you know what I mean? And think about it. If he hadn't been able, if that referee hadn't been able to get it out or if it broke off, she'd had to go get surgery to have that removed. Bro, think because about it, think about the pain. It would have gotten infected. You know what I mean? Think about the pain that that girl had to be in. Think about that, bro. That's... Arm was hanging and, 
She went back in the ring and continued the match after that. I, I, yeah, it went on for a few more seconds that I cut out. But yeah, she ran in the ring with a pumpkin or something, started beating the girl with a pumpkin. Like that just continued on. Like, and so then why do it? Again, no matter what you say at the end of the day, no matter what you're doing, I, I really, it's not a matter of that anymore. It is a matter of what is the one singular consequence that you're trying to sell to the audience from anything you've done to your opponent is that you could possibly use it to beat them. Whether it just be as simple as a headlock to, you know, uh, Cody Rhodes crossroads or Bianca Belair's 450 or, you know, Asuka's mist or let's, uh, you know, a, bu- a, a piece of plywood with a bunch of wooden sticks that stab your opponent. Well, the only reason you would be doing it is to hopefully eventually beat the person. But instead, what you're doing is you're just doing it. Again, we're back to stunt wrestling. Yeah. What we're doing. And that, that, you know, and that, you know, oh, it's changed. You know, it's not the same anymore. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You keep telling yourself that lie. I swear to God, man, I'm, I'm just sitting here, Alan. I don't know why this keeps coming to mind, but, you know, I, I just remember being like a, a you know, a 12 year old, whatever. Uh-huh. And, Bro, when uh, Stan Stasiak got you set up for the heart punch, yeah, you you thought somebody would die, was going to die. Sure, yeah. You thought somebody was going to die when he wrapped him up and had that area wide open, and we went from that to this. And I know, I know what a lot of people will say. Oh, you know, uh, you know, they they didn't they believed back then. They believed they believed they did not believe they wanted to believe back then. No yeah. difference. And one want to believe right now that has not changed uh, period granted an audience was simpler back then but i promise you i know for a fact i uh, no if ands or buts about it if you wanted to get the heart punch back over today you could all you'd have to do is give it to the right guy with the right size because stasiak was a big guy mm-hmm. and t- having tape up his hand and then beat guys one after another with it. That's all he'd have to do is heart punch one, you know, start heart punching people. And then that would get over just as much as your video game esque type moves or this, this stuff where you're literally legitimately putting spikes into another human being. I mean, you know, and you think about this, the reason that they believe this as performers is that, Oh, you can't just, you know, you know, that's old school. You can't get a heart punch over anymore. What the reason they believe that is because they're so busy burying their own brand new moves to where those don't mean anything anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yep. yep. And if, if you had one guy, you know, almost, if almost came out and had one hand taped, wrapped that arm back and boom, hit him. And he, the guy collapsed. And then he did that with every single match. Every time he hit that, no one got up. Guess what would happen? That move would get over. Yeah. Period. No ifs, ands, or buts. You know, now, one of the mo- the least, and it's not an impunity on 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 him, but one of the weakest looking moves. Uh, two of them, actually, Brock Lesnar's F five and John Cena's uh, FU. Uh, they're two of the weakest looking as far as impact moves. And yet, people buy and believe that oh, it beat somebody. Yeah, you know I mean? absolutely. Yeah, you know, I Jeff, we have we don't have more, do we? We got two more. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, this one. Uh, this was sent in by Austin Russell, and it's not a good quality video. So it, 
uh, it's an older CZW thing, but that's a microwave. Wait, 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 what, what, oh, in the ring. Oh, the no, ring. bro. Yeah. Oh, no, on the micro. Oh, oh the back of his head. Look at the back of his head. Boom. Yeah, like right on the corner. Uh, I believe it's a micro. It looks like a microwave, you know. Yeah, uh, it's like a microwave or an air conditioner. Yeah. But, oh. I mean, that's right on the corner of that. On the base of his skull. Oops, went, went too far. I ain't watching this one. This one I'm not watching. Yeah, here we go. Look at that. Holy crap. Oh, I'm not watching this one. All right, go go to the next one, Jeff. All right, this one is not. This is the opposite. This was sent in by Virtue. This is from the, I believe this is the most recent G1 that just took place. Oh, yeah. I saw this. Somebody I remember, I saw this on social media, and somebody gave some kind of just some Meltzer-esque justification for this. Yeah, that's and, what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. what, what, what it was is the recreating something. Yeah, so that, about recreating something and, and it being the culture and all of that. And it was like, this is complete BS because it's being done as a parody of wrestling. And and in, in insulting all of the audience who bought a ticket to really believe in what they were about to watch, and now it's you know it's being done in an absurd manner. It's not just what it's being done; it's how it's being done, and it's being done in a comedic parody uh, type of manner. And you know, and again, that's just. You know, look, if you're buying a ticket to go to one of those type of shows, great. But if you're buying, that's in Japan. And if you're buying a ticket where they really want to believe that it honestly to God is a competitive situation, an actual prize fight, then that has no place. It has literally no place in in, in it. I mean, none. You yeah, because that wasn't one of those joke shows. That was like their big tournament, the, you know, that they seriously yeah. you know per- present as a, a serious thing and look if the guy doing it doing that where he you know hit the stomach chopped hit stomach chopped done the you know the hand chopped to the throat he wants to do that and look ridiculous the other guy shouldn't have been selling it like it was killing him because now if that is killing him you know they're making it look like oh yeah this is hokey and it's you know and the guy's probably doing it's an inside insult, right, to whomever was the guy that used to do that. And it probably at one time in the older days got over. Um, and now they're out there making a joke of it to insult the guy and kind of rib him on the square, you know, to show how ridiculous he looked. In like the- CM Punk's doing with Hogan. You I- know. Probably, yeah. I mean, you know, and all you're really doing is ultimately you're just putting that guy that you're trying to lampoon more over and acknowledging that, you know, they were so much of a draw and an attraction that they that you acknowledge them, that, that you were a fan of them because otherwise you wouldn't know what they used to do. Yeah. So Seamus had an interview with the Daily Mail, and they asked him about Roman Reigns, and I want you guys to take on this comment. He said, I feel like he's made the most of the opportunity he's had. But I feel like there's guys on the roster begging for that amount of time to tell their own stories. And that's one of the only things that's going. He went on to talk about how at a recent SmackDown, Roman's segment went over 20 minutes over their allotted time, which cut down his match that he had against Austin Theory. And he noted how it's difficult 
when a match like that has to be reduced by such a large amount. He said it's definitely benefited him a lot and Heyman and the story they have to tell all within that family and stuff. But as I said, there's plenty of other people on the roster that could do a story time as well. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying. Okay. I agree. But have you been telling the story when you get, you had the opportunity to have that match with Austin theory. Did you go out there and tell any kind of story within that time frame that you were doing it? Or did you go, Oh God, uh, we went from 10 minutes down to five and now let's take then, you know, cause you know, Russo, you know, Vince, you sat there and watched it too. How many times did we watch when live on raw, you know, you, you walked up to the gorilla position. Hey, you had all day, you had eight minutes uh, and you, you called literally, you know, guys would call an eight minute match. And then as they got up there, Bruce would go, Hey guys, so-and-so went heavy. Uh, you guys got three minutes and you watch the panic. And then they immediately start trying to work out what, you know, they were going to take out or whatever. The music was playing for the one guy and Bruce is going, go, go, go. They runs through the curtain as he's looking backwards, goes out. And now they take eight minutes of shit and they throw it into a three-pound bag. As opposed to that they identified what the purpose and the reason and the business of the segment was that was hoping to be achieved. And then really focusing on that and going, oh, well, we've just got three minutes. Well, that just means we just make sure that you either, we either really get you over or we really do this or or we tell this particular part of the story that needs to be told. And we don't worry about all the superfluous moves that we had planned for the last eight minutes. No, they don't do that. They freak out and they simply try to then go, Oh, well, we'll chop this up, but we'll chop that, but we'll keep this. And we'll then, and, and then they go out there and they just do try to stuff it all into three minutes that they would have done in eight note cell and tell no story. But Al, this is the surprising thing to me because isn't this the um, etiquette? Is isn't this the etiquette with within the boys? In other words, etiquette, etiquette, etiquette. In other words, etiquette. In other words, you just make up your own language sometimes. Yeah, etiquette. In other words, uh, Reigns and and uh, Heyman go twenty minutes over the time, and they and and it, and, it, and it eats it eats it eats a chunk out of Sheamus's time. Right, bro. Does is it isn't the etiquette? Sheamus says something to them in the back. I mean, I I've never. I, I mean, he's going public with this. Don't, don't isn't that the boys usually dealing with the boys? Yeah, I should. I mean, right? Went to, you know, uh, the producers or Vince and, hey, what the hell. But let's face it, that has happened all the time. Right, absolutely. And the reason that it is allowed is why. Why is it allowed? Why does the office allow it? Because if it's the thing that's selling tickets, what do you not do? You You don't futz with the thing that's selling tickets. And if they end up going long, did they lose the audience? Because here's the thing, Seamus, yeah, yeah, Seamus or anybody else, right? They get, because that they had, again, they had eight, now they got three or five, right? Let's just say they had five instead of eight. So they walk up there and they got five. Is there anything that could prevent Seamus and uh, Austin Theory from going eight? No, there's not. You know, we had eight, we're going to go eight. Here's the thing. If you're going to do that, 
it better be really good. And it better be something that's going to kickstart people putting their asses in seats or tuning in to watch. You want to, you want to have that position. You want to have that ability. You better start learning how to be the thing that sells tickets because that's the only thing that gives you the freedom to be able to do that. Yep. It's not about being fair. It's not about being equitable. And that's not equitable. It's equitable. Okay. Like adequate. <laughs> you better adequate that. Are you, making uh, fun of me? Are you making fun of me right now? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, I would never do that. In fact, if I were about to do it, I'd had to quit it. Oh, you know, all the, throughout this whole show now, since you insulted me, you, 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 no, you're scratching yourself from the head up like like an ape in a cage. This whole, what did did you use? The, were you allergic to the shampoo you used? What's going on today with you, bro? You're doing you're doing this throughout the show. Well, you know what? I'll just quit it. So, are yeah. you okay? Are you all right? Okay. All right. Yeah, no, I, I mean, Al, come on. At the end of. But that's the end. Regardless of what they want to say, okay? You walk through that curtain. One, the onus is 100% on you to use that time as effectively as possible to become that guy that now. He doesn't get any heat. Right. I mean, bro, Seamus knows damn well this, this act is driving the bus. And it is. If this act isn't driving the bus, who's going to watch you? Correct. And that's why they get the freedom and the ability to do that. And if you want that freedom and that ability, every time you go to the ring, you have the opportunity to make it so. You're not. You're you're now job scared. You're playing it safe. Uh, You know, and um, you're not going to take chances or risks that could put you to where you could now compete on that level and potentially take that time away from Roman Reigns and this whole bloodline storyline. And and again, these storylines should not be just the angle. Storylines should be developed out of what you've done in the ring, in the match, that now inspires someone in the back to go, oh, we could tell this particular story based off what they just did tonight. And that doesn't happen anymore with performers because they're more concerned about just having that great match in the amount of time that they were given as opposed to, and I made that same mistake. Uh, you know, I've talked about it. I've mentioned it. Made it, you know, I've owned up to it. And then, and, you know, easy, easy, Jeff, you start scratching. You know? Yeah, and I'm catching it. It's coming through. I'm it's so coming through the to screen. I was doing this. And like, <laughs> I'm like, why are we waiting for him to look at it? And I want to ask you a question. Yeah. How do you feel about this? I found this very, very strange. I happened to catch a little bit of the uh, the uh, press conference after SummerSlam. Oh, they don't call it a scrum. No, no. Oh, and Heyman is up there. And, bro, first of all, like, I swear to God, when Paul Heyman talks about professional wrestling, bro, it, 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 it I, I think he believes, like, he's ending world hunger. Oh, like, yeah. he, he talks about it like it's so freaking important. And I'm like, bro, it's wrestling, you stupid jackass, bro. You're not you're not going to win a Pulitzer Prize for this. But anyway, Al, here's what he said. And like this was odd to me. Bro, listen, we all know Paul's about get. Hey, bro, I'm not everybody in wrestling is about getting themselves over. So, bro, he goes he goes into this soliloquy about that out. Not bad. Thank you. He goes into this soliloquy and he's talking about why the bloodline 
angle is different than everything else in the show. And, you know, he, you know, with his hands, I, I can't stand watching this dude, bro. I can't stand. But, you know, we talk to each other. We have conversations with each other. We don't say, yeah, man, I'm going to get you in the ring and I'm going to kick your ass and this, that, and the other. We talk. We <laughs> converse. And, bro, hold on for a second now because, okay, bro, He's burying everything else on the show because everything else on the show is, yeah, bro, and I'm going to kick your ass when I get you in the ring. That's everything else on the show. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, okay, bro, Paul knows he's burying everything else on the freaking show. And I'm sitting here and I'm saying, well, bro, if you're such a hero and you're up for the Pulitzer Prize this year, then why don't you go beyond the bloodline storyline and help the rest of the show with be part of creative and shouldn't he be doing that? Bro, like at, at this at this point of his career, does he really need to be doing that to get himself over and bury everything else everyone does god al it's like are you effing kidding me bro everyone does that 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 never changes yeah (laughs) but you know if you know you identified the problem and you're part of creative why are you not going and helping these other people exactly bro yeah unbelievable that you know you know what's paul what a paul skills was to be able to do that to produce uh, guys and pull yeah, out man something. exactly go do it yeah are, are you now a talent and no longer are you on the backstage side of things to where you're trying to produce the whole show and you're only looking out for your one segment yeah and let's face it the only the one thing the one singular thing that makes the bloodline story so great is the only thing that makes the bloodline story so great and that's relatability that if everyone can relate to it because everyone has family and everyone knows a person in each member of you know each character that they represent in that family. They see that in their own, and that's why everybody's enjoying it so much. It isn't about you know it, it's it's all about family and the family hierarchy and the black sheep and all of that. And everyone's dealt with that for their whole lives. Yeah, and and you know uh, and that's what makes it so good. Is because of the fact that you don't have to. You don't have to sit there and go, "Well, why did you do that? Well, why did you say that?" You can go, "Oh, I get it. I completely understand it." No different than it was when Steve Austin was the rebel guy that everyone liked and wanted to emulate, and his boss, his evil boss, was always trying to set the stack the odds against him that he couldn't win this time. And yet, in spite of the odds, the Rebel Babyface was always overcoming those odds and flipping the boss off like you can't put keep me down, you know. Yep, yeah, very simple concept. Very, but it, it's relatable. Yeah, yeah, and, and it, you know that's what I always say. That's why it's so important to sell who more than what because now the what the what doesn't even sell. It's the who and the why. Now you want to see something happen between this family out of the why of what what's taking place and and uh, and that makes it so much more entertaining and so much more interesting and again you know what started this whole conversation if you want to be that guy who gets to be out there in that kind of a storyline and take that much time then you've got to make yourself that you can't sit in the back and wait for somebody to take you by the hand and do it but here's the downside and you're not willing to take this risk. And that is, 
it's a matter of you either put yourself out there and you take that risk and you give them something to work with and take you off in a new direction and you deliver on it. Or you go out there and you take that risk and you drop the ball and they go, I don't know what the hell he's doing. You know what? That wasn't what we were asking. Uh, we need to make some changes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and that comes all once you walk through the curtain. Let's face it. There's nothing anybody else can do for you. know, I, that's why I always take umbrage at, you know, everybody, oh, writers, this, and, you know, Vince. And, yeah, they can make it more of a challenge. They certainly can. But they can't prevent, you know, prevent it from, you know, from you getting over or you getting heat. They can't stop it. I mean, yeah. you yeah. can you don't make yourself into a star. Absolutely. Yeah. 100% you can. Yeah. And be aware, once you're making yourself into a star, what's the existing star going to do? going to be threatened, you know, and at first they're going to be threatened. And at first they're going to try and do everything they can to stop your ascension. So you've got to believe even more in yourself and you got to double down. Yep. Yep. That, yep. that star that's being threatened has stroke that you don't have. And you've got to, you got to dig in and you've got to push even harder. Yeah. And then, and cause it was done, I'm sure to the star that's there now it's done. It was done to them as they were on their way up. Sure, it was done to Roman Reigns. Yeah, you know? and then they've got to get, and then you've got to get to where a point where the star, the established one, goes. You know what? I can't beat him. Might as well join him. I can make money with this kid. I'm going to start working with him. And now you're in. Yeah. You know, and now you get to be the segment that went 20 minutes heavy. You walk backstage, and everybody goes, "Oh, that was great." And yeah. then there were, yeah, you know? yeah. Everybody else on the show is now bitching about you, the way you're now bitching about. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. that's why I thought this was interesting was because it was Sheamus. It wasn't like a young talent that's jealous and saying this guy's been there. I think it's coming up on 15 years now wow. since he's been there. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this is a seasoned veteran. I feel like if he's saying it, he's saying it for a reason. It's calculated. Why is he saying that? Is there a lot of people in the locker room that are that he's like sticking up for publicly that aren't that he believes should be? I mean, do you think there's a because re- it's odd to me that oh, yeah. it's Sheamus and not a, and not a young person? Probably, of course, it's always like that in the locker room. Not just now. That's that's been like it even back in the day. There. And what are we talking about at the end of the day? Yeah, we're talking about jealousy. Yeah, you're talking that's about what, what that's what we're talking about, right? Sheamus, of course, is saying it in the venue. He's saying it because he's hoping it will get back. And it'll make waves and somebody will pay attention to him and maybe acknowledge him and, and went, oh, well, you know, let's, let's, you know, Shane's got a point. We, we should uh, start giving him a little more opportunity or a little more time. He's had his run. I mean, that guy, you know, if, if his, his run ends tomorrow, he has nothing to complain about. I mean, yeah. nothing, yeah. you know, and, that, and listen, unfortunately, that's the way this business has always worked is that. You know, you take a guy like Sheamus and you build him up, build him up, build him up. Although he has a run, he has a run. You pull him down to the middle. Maybe you get him back up to the top. Maybe you pull him back down to the middle and maybe a little below the middle, back up to the middle. Now you start putting him near the bottom. Now you're working back up. And that's, it just always goes like that. It doesn't just go like this, where it's you get to the top and you stay there and stay there. And at some point, Roman Reigns is going to start ratcheting him back and they're going to use him to elevate somebody else. Yeah. You know, uh, it, it, that's just what you do. You yeah. invest time, money and effort into somebody. And the way you get that money back out is by investing, you know, and that's why I've, you know, brought this up, you know, lose winning and losing and wrestling business isn't called winning or losing or doing the job, which is so stupid. It's called doing the favor. 
And because it's expected that at yeah. some point in time, it should be returned that, you know, you took a step back to get somebody elevated and over so that we all can make more money. And now as a result, when it's your time, those people are all that took a step back for you. You need to take a step back for them because oh, you, you, you know what the, you know what the sad thing is. And then we'll let out, you know, um, tell us everything that he's got going on. He, here's what the sad thing is. When, when Al is laying out that, um, philosophy of the wrestling business that has been happening from day one, bro. Uh Day one. Here's the sad thing, Al. For a fact, when you're laying all that out, a guy that's running the second biggest wrestling company in the country does not have a clue about any of that. Well, no, of course. Any any of that. He does not understand any of that. And he shouldn't because he is, at the end of the day, he's a fan. You know, he's he's not ever been inside the real wrestling business as in having to discern a way to make a living from it, you know, and support his family. He, he, He is a guy who, it, this is a vanity project for him. You know, and let's say, let's face it, at, at the end of the day, if if tomorrow AEW ceases to exist, the only people that are going to suffer are, are not just the people that are there at AEW that are under contract, which is, you know, that's a shame. Um, and all of the, you know, backstage people and all of that. Uh, it's also the wrestling business as a whole. You know, it's going to suffer. And, and for him, though, uh, I had some fun. I lost some money. I really got to live my dream. Moving on. I yeah. got to do something else, yeah. you know? And, uh, you know, so he'll remain a fan, you know, a fan who got involved in the wrestling business. Yeah. You know, uh, again, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, you can apply that as well to all of the, the newsletter wrestling journalists, you know, out there that they don't have a vested interest like a performer in the actual business does. And so they aren't going to understand uh, what the real concept of the wrestling business is because they've never actually been in the real wrestling business. Are they a part of it nowadays on the fringe element? Yes. You know, the Meltzers and et cetera are all definitely now a part of the business to some degree, have they ever actually been in the wrestling business? No, they haven't. And so therefore, you know, they're never going to have a complete, have real knowledge or a complete understanding of what it is that we're attempting to do or why we're doing it or why it's so important to not just focus on the quality of your match, but the amount of attendance, the amount of ratings, you know, and yes, I know people are going to say, well, Meltzer covers all of that. Yes, he does. But does he understand from the point of view that, and like, you're the performer that's going out there and your segment doesn't get those ratings, how dramatically that could affect your career and your livelihood to take care of your family? Yeah. Where, you know, and now, you know, that performer, instead of focusing on making sure that that segment is going to be that segment that draws ratings, is out there instead worried about, well, I wonder what Meltzer's going to write about me. Uh, I wonder what the boys backstage think of this, you know, as opposed to, uh, man, I got to go out there and I got to make an impression and I got to motivate these people to want to watch me more. Yeah. And they'll want to attend more, you know, buy my merchandise more. 
You know, it's funny because when Al talks about that, 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 that recycling with the, you know, with, with the wrestler, you know, you start up here, you come here, you're back here, you hit, but you know, the, you know, it's just the recycling, the recreating, bro, that is part of the business financial plan. See what Tony Khan does is new toy out because he he's a billionaire with endless funds. Oh, okay, bro, that guy's running its course. New toy. That guy's running its course. New toy. That guy's that that's that's what he does. Go ahead. It's like a new action figure, as opposed to uh, I'm you know I've taken X amount of dollars because each time I put you on TV, I'm investing in you. Exactly. So, yes. I, I've put I've put Vince Russo on TV. And I for and I built him up, you know what I mean, to have a run with Chris Jericho, let's mm-hmm. say, right? And you had a run, and we drew we drew some interest, we drew a little bit of money, we you know whatever. Well, at some point that run comes to an end. Now we got to either we got to either bring Jericho down a different direction, or we got to bring you down a different direction, so that then somebody new can work with either Jericho or you, so we can freshen things up, keep things building. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because no matter how hot you are and no matter how good the run is, at some point it's going to come to an end. Yep. Now we use you or Jericho or whoever it was that takes the step down, we use you to elevate the next person up or give them the rub so that maybe we can eventually put them up and use them with the top guy. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and you know, there might be a run of time where we may not just be inspired and not have and things aren't clicking, where you, we might have anything and we're going to take you a little further down the card. Mm-hmm. It's not like you don't have a spot. You just you're not no longer in the in the main driving prominent spot that you once were. Yeah, got to be somebody else, and that that has always been the case. But that's a way that you get the promoter gets the money they put into you, the time they put into you, yes, the, they put into you, they get that back out. Exactly. Now, that's like the rule that when you leave the territory, right? You never just leave a territory. You never just walk out. You always do business on the way out, meaning you put somebody over you, you know, you elevate someone else, uh, you know, before you leave so that that way, whatever they put into you, they now have gotten it given to the next person. Right. Given that favor back to the next talent so that now that talent that was that we would have had to start from the ground up, that talent now has a bump up and is already on the road to working their way further because you did the right thing by giving business and giving back to the promotion as you left. Yeah. Returning the favor. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. And, and I think people uh, these days feel like they're entitled to, you know, a certain spot on the card. I think they're entitled. They think they're entitled to, you know, uh, whether, you know, wins of matches. I think they're, they think they're entitled to, a certain amount of television time. I think that they're entitled to a certain type of television time that it's not just a wrestling match. It's, it's a storyline an angle or something that they think is cool. Yeah. As opposed to we're not doing storylines or angles just because you think they're cool and fun to be a part of. We're doing them hoping that it will elicit much like the bloodline. Yeah. Connection with an audience that now motivates them to want to watch in greater numbers or attend events in greater numbers because they're emotionally invested in the outcome of the story. Yeah. You know, we can utilize that story to on the bigger events, create even more heat to now build greater attendance for SummerSlam, WrestleMania, etc. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. And yeah. the only reason we're going to keep perpetuating that story as long as we know it still has heat and legs and keeps building and we can keep swerving the audience at key moments to make them think they're going to get it and then take it away. Yeah. 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 You know? All right. Now let's get into your stuff. Cause you promised maybe a big announcement this week. Are we there yet? Not yet. It'll okay. Probably, okay. Uh, I'll get, as soon as I get word, it'll probably be next week. I can't make promises, but I'm pretty confident it'll be next week. All right. Uh, there will be a huge, huge announcement about a very big project that took place at OVW. And I'll be able to give a lot of details next week. I might even be able to give you something cool that you could show on the show. Oh, very nice. Very nice. We'll All right. Well, what about everything else, Al? What about OVW, the only OVW, accredited school, premiere, premiere? What's yeah. going on, man? Well, OVW TV is live every Thursday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. Eastern. You can get it on Fight TV. Of course, you can watch it uh, locally and regionally uh, around the state of Kentucky. Uh, you can uh, see it nationally. We're at about 100 million homes uh, between YTA, Action Channel, Next Level Sports, Game Plus, RCN, Lily Network. Uh, we're in a lot of different homes from Canada all the way to Puerto Rico, Guam, Virgin Islands, and Bahamas. Um, if you are interested in attending OVW, Academy, if we watch OVW, say I, we tune in this week, yes. what are the odds of us seeing you pulling shish kebab sticks out of Mr. Pectacular with your mouth? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say the, the odds, the odds are probably nil. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm probably going to try and adequate that and not. All but right, I'll go to go to the uh, go to the only go to the only accredited school because I want to see where you're fitting in now. The pulling the shish kebab sticks out of your opponent. What, what? I was about to say, if you are wanting to really up your work rate and you're wanting to learn how to pull porcupine quills out of your body with your teeth, there's no better place than OVW. <laughs> where you can learn skills like that. And, uh, you know, because we're going to give you the whole ins and outs of board work that has those porcupine quill stuff. (laughs) You really know how to utilize those to their form. Uh, And we're going to show you the proper way to throw your body to where we can make sure that you impale your opponent deep enough to where it could possibly cause severe health problems. So to where it necessitates before the person even gets to the back that they have to have the referee who has goggles on to protect his eyes <laughs> safety first guys. safety first uh, pull out a quill out of another human being's arm with your teeth oh i'm sure that's as sanitary as it gets you uh, know and i personally after watching that video i'm stunned that we had a pandemic i'm amazed that <laughs> don't know how it happens you know how uh, we yeah. can just have widespread disease everywhere don't know I hope that they were vaccinated. Clearly, she was just against her will. Uh, 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 you can go to OVW Academy, the only uh, state uh, <laughs> uh, recognized by the State Office of Proprietary Education accredited as an actual trade school in the ridiculousness, clearly, of sports entertainment, professional wrestling, and broadcasting. So if you want to learn those skills and also how to set your face on fire, always a popular one. You didn't feel my favorite video that I sent. And that was one where it was another backyard one where a guy set another man, put the guy in the, in the corner, like the shattered dreams. Like was that the fire BJ? 
Yes. Yeah, I had a problem down. I couldn't get it downloaded. So the guy puts the guy's legs, spreads them open like Dustin used to do with his shattered dreams, sets the man's balls on fire, (laughs) and then proceeds to run back across the ring, run back across, and headbutt the man in those same testicles that are ablaze. (sighs) As if not roasting his nuts is enough. You know, and I tell you, that was it took chestnuts roasting on an open fire. (laughs) (laughs) But I saw that and I was like, there we go. Another fire video. What is it with these fire videos? I don't know. Dr. Ante, let's let's light his testicles. (laughs) Headbutt him in the dick. You can follow me on social media at The Real Isle Snow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, Jeff will attest. We talk about it every week. Of the hilarious jokes that I put up. Yeah, I saw. I saw this morning that breaking a mirror isn't necessarily the the worst thing you could do. No, <laughs> you think seven years of bad luck is bad for breaking a mirror? Think about breaking a condom. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what else? Al? What about the comics? Al? What, what, what? You have kids, you know that. That's like the other day. I was like, Jessica, why, who put all the broken condoms on the couch? She's like, stop calling our kids that. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Al, what about the comics? What's this new comic coming out? Oh, we got comic books that are coming out. Go to brokeniconcomics.com. That was funny, wasn't it, Jeff? Yes. Uh, yeah, because really, what are kids? Nothing more than broken condoms. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> and they're everywhere. I mean, they're all over the house. Uh, you can't get rid of them. Uh, like he's laughing. It's funny stuff. It Unbelievable. is. Unbelievable. Speaking of funny stuff, I'll be doing my stand-up comedy show in Lima, Ohio. I'm going home on October 28th uh, at the Lima Civic Center. Uh, my mom's going to be in the audience for this. That should be interesting. She's Very nice. That she's taking earplugs to put in at strategic time so she doesn't have to listen to me. Like, <laughs> thanks, Mom. That'll be awesome. Yeah. I'm going to make this as awkward as possible. <laughs> So that is great because I know I'm going to be hearing a lot of, you know, let me tell you something. I did not raise you that way. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Al, the book, what about the book? Uh, my book, uh, self-help life lessons from the bizarre wrestling career of Al Snow. Uh, you can get it on amazon.com. Uh, I have a lot of very entertaining and all for true 100% stories that are in the book. Um, and, um, and, uh, experiences that taught me a lot of lessons in wrestling. Number one wrestling, wrestling lesson I've ever learned is you always take shit and make shoe polish. That's it. And that was the title I wanted was how to take shit and make shoe polish and other life lessons I've learned from wrestling. <laughs> uh, I think we need to do that title. And I was like, well, okay. I personally, I think it works, but. All right, listen. A little more attention getting, you know what I mean? All right, Al, more wisdom from you today. Say goodbye. I hear my broken condoms yelling right now. Uh, All right, say goodbye, Al. Goodbye. All right, all right. The great uh, Al Snow, everybody. Jeff, what's going on with you? Check out our Patreon, guys. We The latest episode of Look Ma, we look at Tony Khan, the celebration of the 200th episode of Dynamite that they put on to thank Tony Khan after it went off the air. It's an interesting, interesting watch and a and a look into Tony Khan. So you can check that out. Patreon.com slash Russo TWC. We got a bunch of different tiers uh programs. We got Masters Youth Theater, AW Review with Just Incredible, Disco, EC3, Vic Venom, bonus cast trading the marks. You can check out all the tiers 
The um, the first one starts at $3 a month, so check that out, patreon.com slash RussoTWC. Yeah, guys, check that out. I mean, my God, 75 cents a week. Are you freaking kidding me? I, I filled up my Jeep the other day, bro. It was $56. $56, bro. I, I filled it up on Monday. It's Thursday, and I'm my, my tank's half empty already. And we're going to talk about 75 cents, bro, for all these shows. Really, bro? Check it out, man. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Russo TWC. That is it, everybody. For me and Jeff, we'll see you next week.